Hey friends, welcome to the Not About Me podcast. I'm your host, Kay Taylor, and I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. We're starting a new series, and we're talking about God's faithfulness. In today's episode, we're talking to a good friend who had a lot of a lot of medical issues that happened very quickly over a short period of time. And just to hear her faith is such an encouragement through this episode. So let's get started on the Not About Me podcast. All right, guys. So I have a special guest on today, and her name is Christy. And Christy and I worked at the same hospital, although I don't think we really knew each other very well mm-hmm. at the time. We didn't. We didn't really interact in the same area of the hospital. But she's a nurse, and so I'm going to turn it over to you and let you tell the Not About Me podcast listeners a little about yourself. Hi, I'm Christy, and I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for several years. Been in the medical field 20 years, mm-hmm. seen a lot, done a lot. Right. And being in the medical field, it's hard to not know about God. Oh, yeah. Because there's just some things that only God can do. That's right. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, so in 2021, when COVID, you know, came out, I had worked a year and a half on a COVID unit before then Mm -hmm. and then 2021 about the third night i was there i got real bad off and the nurse came in and ended up having to code me that night they got me back and she told me the next day she said i came in and you were blue wow she said you know you didn't have a blood pressure your oxygen levels were were in the 60s you just your heart rate was in the 20s you just we thought we were gonna lose you yeah. What so when you come to is that, I'm sure you don't remember that time. I don't. What when you come to and she tells you that what are some thoughts that went through your mind? So he he's been faithful. So your thought was, Okay, Lord, what are we doing now? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm I'm like, Well, what next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. So you stay in the hospital nine days. Yes. And you go home? Yes. Did you go back to work? Yes. Okay, so you go back to work. You're I, still a nurse. I went back to work, still a nurse. Mm-hmm. My doctor did not want me to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just don't think you're going to do well. And so, and he said, but I know you, you're stubborn and you're going to do it anyway. So, yeah. So he said, I'm only going to let you go back to work if you can wear oxygen. And so I went and bought a book bag, like a backpack, and I had two tanks of oxygen on my back and I wore oxygen to work. For 12 hours wow <laughs> and, and and my patients they were like where are you going i'm like i'm not going anywhere i'm i'm here for 12 hours and and, and you're carrying around to you and and they're like well you need to be in the bed with us <laughs> yeah i'm like no i'm i'm good so yeah i don't think i've ever seen a nurse carry oxygen i i was determined i was going back to work that is wow. Yes. Okay. So how long did you have to wear oxygen? Seven months. Wow. Yeah. So you so you clocking in and out with a backpack on your back. Clocking in and out, oxygen on my backpack. And those tanks are not light. No, no, they're not. Yeah. I got through it, and it just makes you a better, better nurse, you know. You're better than I am. <laughs> I don't think I'd have done that. I'm trying to picture like if I'm in a hospital bed and a nurse walks in 
to take care of me, and she's got two auction tanks in her backpack. That says a lot about you. <laughs> okay, so you, you carry your uh, backpack with your two auction tanks for seven months. Mm -hmm. You get released from having oxygen? Yes. Okay, and then kind of freedom to... Yeah, just, just freedom for a little bit, for a few months. And then um, I would got off work one day, and I was laying on the couch because I normally slept on the couch in between shifts because... I would normally get called in early or you know, mm -hmm. somebody was calling me to ask a question about something or whatever. Right. When I woke up, I could not move my right arm. My right arm was just numb and, and I couldn't figure it out. And so I called my mom and my dad and I said, y'all need to come see about me. Something's not right. Because how far away do they live? Like in minutes? They live about 40 minutes away from me. Okay. And you're like, something's not right. Something's not right. But here they come, and like I was able to walk to the car at that time. We go to the ER, and I walk in, and I just, I'm holding my arm, and I tell the woman, I just said, my arm's dead. And she said, well, just go to the triage nurse. Don't even go to the reception desk. Just go to the triage nurse. And I went to the triage nurse and I said, my arm's dead. And so she just starts doing all this, you know, your vitals and all this. And and uh, you said, have zero feeling, zero feeling. Like if you pinched it, they were, they were sticking needles in my arm and I didn't feel it. Wow. So they were like, well, we're just going to work you up as a stroke. We don't think it's a stroke, but we're just going to work you up as a stroke anyway. Did you feel like you had a stroke or I didn't? I didn't. Because you you're know, taking care of stroke patients. I'm I've sure. taken care of stroke patients. You know, I know the stroke scale, all that. Uh -huh. You know, none of that was, was positive. So they did a, a CT of my brain, and they're like, you've got a three-inch blood clot in your left middle artery of the brain. And, and without thinking about it, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the ER doctor was like, this is, you know, this, this is serious, you know. And, and yeah. You're, you've got to go to surgery. And I'm like, okay. And, yeah. and, and um, you know that, you know. The risk with surgery. You know the risk. You know, like, I know you. I've worked with you. Right. You know, you, you've had craniotomy patients. You know, you've had these patients before. And, and I just kept saying, okay. And I finally said, listen, if this goes south, I'm going north. I'm not worried about this, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and I don't think at first he really understood what I meant. But you had a piece about it either way. Yeah. So can we talk about that for just a minute? Because, yes. okay, here you are, you're going to have to have this huge surgery. Yes. And obviously you've had some kind of faith up to this point because you talked about how God spared your life again when yes. you coded. Yes. Tell me about your faith just a little bit tell our listeners you know how you came to faith and and you know how god has used those times in your life to grow your faith before we get into the further stuff well i, I just grew up in church and you know you know about god but then when you get in situations where it's life or death that's when you really get to know god mm-hmm and that's gets your attention. That's when he gets your attention. The more bad things that happen in your life, the more you cling to him. 
you get you get this news from the doctor that you have this blood clot in your brain. Yes. And they need to go in and take it out. This is a big procedure, risky procedure. Yes. And you're not worried about it because you know God's got you. Either, either way, I'm good. Was there any particular scripture, I guess, that kind of helps you through that? Like things that God has shown you before or earlier in your life, you know? Well, th that scripture in the Bible that says, um, whether you live or die, you belong to the Lord. Mm. Because, you know, regardless of whether you're alive or not, you're, you're still the Lord's. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he bought you with a price. Created all things. He created all things. Yeah. He's got a purpose. He's yeah. got a plan. So you go through surgery. Yes. The night of the surgery, I had a seizure. And I did not know that it was a seizure. And I don't think my mom knew it was a seizure. Mm -hmm. The next night, I had another seizure. And after that seizure, I was unable to move the right side of my body. It just kind of paralyzed the right side of my body. Um, I was this is all after your stroke, right? I mean, after your surgery. Sorry. It was all after my surgery. Okay. And I was unable to walk. So no right side, no walking. No right side, no walking. Talking okay? Talking okay. Yeah. Understanding everything that's going on? Understanding everything going on. The thing that, that came to my mind was God made the lame man walk. And his friends bring him and drop him yeah. down from the ceiling? Yeah. Yeah. Like they open the roof and they, they drop the paralyzed man in and, and he walks out the front door. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna find it real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, and that's the story that that came to mind. So so every time something would happen, God just keeps recalling. There, there would just be like a Bible verse or a Bible story that would just automatically click in your brain of He's done this before, and He's the God that never changes. You know, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he done it for that man, he's going to do it for you, too. Yeah. I went to Encompass on a Friday, not able to walk, not able to move the right side. And by the next Friday, I walked out of that building by myself. So seven days. Seven days. There's not, there's, is there therapy that goes on on Saturday, Sunday, or is this like limited therapy? No, there's no therapy. So really like four days. Yeah. Because what you probably didn't go in the morning on on Friday. I did not. I, I did not go over there until Friday afternoon. So you didn't get any therapy till Monday, probably. No. Yeah. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you mm -hmm. walk out on Friday. So yeah. four days. Mm -hmm. Dane. Dane. Pastor Dane came by on Wednesday. Yeah. And um, at that time, I, I still couldn't move my right arm. He laid hands on my arm and he prayed. And the next morning, my arm was moving. Like I could just. And, and the therapy, they walking in and I'm just moving my arm and they're like, what happened? And I just said, Jesus, that's all you can say. Wow. So are your therapists, are like you having faith-based conversations with them at all or? Oh, yeah. Are they agreeing? They, they couldn't believe it. They're like, how is this happening? And I'm like, faith of the mustard seed. You know, the, the church, uh, they brought me a Bible. And so at night, when I wasn't doing anything, I would just sit there and read the Bible. And so every time somebody would come in, they're like, what are you reading? That was one of my favorite questions to ask my patients when I walked in the room is, what are you reading? What are, what are you reading about? Yeah. You know? And and so they would tell me, you know, when I would ask my patients, they would tell me this and I would just tell them the whole story, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, how do you know? I'm like, look, I know. I know things. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, they would come in. They're like, 
so what are you reading? You know, and I would, I would explain it to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must have gotten into some good conversations then. I did. I did. I really enjoyed it. Well, if no other purpose than to, to share with the workers, which sometimes, you know, in healthcare, uh, we're overworked and underpaid, it feels like. Yeah. I feel like that's a rotating theme everywhere. That That is our motto. Everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of sacrifice goes in, so you kind of, I know I have anyway, I won't speak for you, but for me, sometimes I got worn out and yeah. overwhelmed and burnout, really, because you pour so much of yourself into these people, mm-hmm. you know, to keep them alive and keep them going and mm-hmm. deal with all their family drama and everything else that goes along. They don't teach you that in nursing school, by the way. They don't. No. Not at all. And so... It is a calling. Absolutely. If you are not called to be a nurse, you will not do well. No, you won't last long. You won't last long. Um, so, yes, finding those patients that have some kind of faith. Yeah. You know, was always encouraging to me. And I would be crying and they'd be fine, you know, but they, you know, <laughs> ministering to me. Yeah. As opposed to vice versa. But, you know, so that's awesome that you had a role reversal there to kind of encourage them too. So, so four days, four days, Dane comes and prays with you yes. on a Wednesday and you walk out on Friday Yes, with full movement of your arm again, full movement. with no one with her. We pull up and she walks out the door with her stuff, rolling the car <laughs> with her stuff by herself. Is that that strong will, strong headed, stubborn? Is. You're not going to wheel me out. I'm going to walk. Yeah, and they were offering me jobs, and they're like, "Hey, you can come work with us." <laughs> and I'm like, "Sure." Okay, so you walk out of Encompass. Yes. But while you're at Encompass, you have the story of Mark chapter two going on in your mind. Yes. Okay, I'll just start at verse 1. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Okay, so he's paralyzed. He's dead weight. And it's taken four people to carry him. Mm -hmm. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it so using their hands, since I don't think they had shovels or anything, then lower the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, the friend, the friend's faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. And then a little bit further down, he says to the man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. So he got up, this verse 12, took his mat and walked out in full view of them on all. You essentially had that, as your mom just said, when we were in between. Mm-hmm. That you had friends praying for you. Mm-hmm. So not literally lifting you up, but lifting you up in prayer, in prayer mm-hmm. to the Lord. And he healed you. Yes. That's amazing. Because yes. I think a lot of times we get bogged down with what's going on with us right then. And our faith just falls apart when you get worst case scenario of news. Mm-hmm. And don't always believe that necessarily like the miracle happened in the Bible. We don't necessarily think sometimes in American culture anyway, that a a miracle can happen for us. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. So yeah, you got your miracle. Yeah. 
So you walk out of, and then what? So take us from there. You walk out of. <laughs> I walk out of Encompass. Sorry, I'm just amazed by that. That's why. Yeah. I walk out of Encompass and um, I move back in with my, my parents. Um, my daughter, he's, you know, the house, the apartment I was living in, it had stairs. Mm -hmm. And uh, my daughter said, you don't need to live with, in a place with stairs because if you fall, you know, and hit your head, it's it's not going to be good. Right. And so um, my discipleship group, they actually just came and moved me. And um, we put all my stuff in storage. And um, a few months later, um, this lady from the church, she had posted on Facebook that some family members of hers, they'd lost everything in a house fire. And... Um, so, so I just was like, I went in the living room and I was like, Hey, um, there's this family who needs my stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I've got a whole entire shelter full of like a house full of stuff in, in storage in storage. Yeah. Like, and so I told her, I said, Hey, come get it. Mm. You know, like I did, I don't, I wasn't even thinking twice about it. I was like, you're not giving them a price or no, no. Just like, I, just I was like, it. just come and get it. Mm. Wow. Most people be like, I'll take $500 for this and $500 for that. But no, but, uh, so you offered your stuff to, to them and, and they came and got it. And the woman, she's standing beside me and, and it's like, and I told her, I said, I want you to know this is bigger than just house stuff mm. and I don't really think she understood that and I and I was trying to tell her about the Lord and trying to tell her about everything I'd been through and how faithful God had been to me I was asking her you know where they went to church and they didn't go anywhere and I was like hey you know y'all can go come to harvest mm -hmm. you know we'll be glad to have you and um, their foster parents they had three little foster kids and and I was like the more I heard about their story, the more I wanted to give, mm. you know, even though I'm in this situation that I'm in, yeah, I wanted them to have more, mm. you know, yeah, because I felt like God was telling me, you need to do this. Yeah. You know, God's faithfulness to you. God's faithfulness to me. Now you're an need, instrument for him. Needs to, to resonate to other people. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. So you help them out. Yes. And then what what happens next? Um I had to go to my neurologist. For a follow up. For a follow up. And um I had been following at home. And he said, well, I don't think this is neurological. I think it's cardiac. And he says, um, I think you have a hole in your heart. You need to see a cardiologist. So he sent me to the cardiologist and they did the bubble study and everything. And it was positive. And, and we go to UAB and the, and the girl, she comes in to do my EKG. And she's like, you are just so positive and so happy and, and just out of nowhere I said the joy of the Lord is my strength mm -hmm. Nehemiah 810 mm. like just out of nowhere that's like the verse that came to my head the joy of the Lord is my strength because that's how you get 
through things, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's not me, you yeah. know, it's, it's the Lord. Yeah. And so she gives me my EKG and she's like, here you go, go see the doctor. And the doctor walks in and he's like, I can't believe you look as good as you do with, with your medical history going on. And um, he says, but I can't do the surgery. He said, there's, there's an issue with your blood thinners. And the way he worded it, I automatically went to the lady with the issue of blood. And I automatically said, God told her by her faith, her faith healed her. That was in my, my head, you know, where she touched the hem of his garment and he turned around and he's like, who touched me? And he knew. And he knew. Yeah. He knew. And she said, I did. And he said, your faith has made you whole. Hmm. And so when he's sitting there telling me, you, you know, there's this issue of blood. I'm like, but I know the one who makes me whole. I know the one who's going to fix this. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no worries. Right. You know? And, um, so it's, it's just been every time there's a doctor who says something, there's always a Bible verse. There's always a Bible story to back it up. But that's because you study God's word, uh, hiding God's word in your heart. Yeah. You know, for this, so that when these instances come up, it's there. Yeah. 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 And you're not digging for it. It's yes. already there. Yes. I went, I had in December of this past year, I went to the ER. I thought I was having a heart attack because I was having some chest pains. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the ER and they did the chest x-ray and everything. And, and, uh, they said, well, it's not your heart, but you know, you have COVID again, and we found that you have some nodules on your lungs. Okay, when you get the diagnosis of COVID, though, are you like, oh, here we go again? Or are you like, okay, we're just going to roll with the punches again? At first, I was like, I wasn't really expecting it. But then it's like, you know, I beat it one time, I can do it again. Okay. You know, just, yeah. just that, I gotcha. that attitude about it. Right. You know, God delivered me one time, he can do it again. For sure. Yeah back on the fourth floor and I was there like two or three days and the doctor come in he says you've got nodules on your lungs but we can't do anything about it because you you have COVID but you need to see a, a pulmonologist so I, I get better sure, like another doctor so another doctor and I go see this 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 lung doctor and this the nurse practitioner and she's sitting there and she says well they're the size of a dime and it's got to be the size of a quarter before we can biopsy it. And we're just going to watch it for six months. And I just looked at her and I said, in six months, they're not going to be there. Mm. And she just is kind of like, what do you mean? And I'm just like, they're not going to be there. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's what I mean. Like, so when, so this was December this past year. Yes. It's not quite been six months for your, for my follow-up. So when is your follow-up? In July. Okay. Yeah. So we're praying for no nodules. There's not going to be any nodules. And we're praying about the hole in your heart. Right. That all that is going to be. It's going to be good. Yeah. I know the one who's going to fix it. I love it. I know the one who's going to fix it. I cannot find this. And it's driving me crazy. Go ahead. This is my, this is my go-to. Okay. When I was at Encompass, 
Brother Larry had called me. And I was reading the Bible when he was call when he called me. And this is what I was reading. It's Deuteronomy thirty two, verses three and four. It says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Mm. And that has been my go-to for everything. Yeah. That's good. Yes. He is a faithful God. And through some tough circumstances like you've walked through. Yes. Just in the last two years. In the past two years. Yes. Wow. So how is your life different now than where you were when you were a nurse? When I post things about like my my diagnosis every time the doctor says something you know i will post it but at the end i always put god is faithful Mm -hmm. you know regardless of what the doctor says regardless of what the situation is regardless of what's going on the the ultimate the firm foundation does not change Mm -hmm. you know he does not change so you're encouraging others by what you post on social media. Yes. And you've not worked since your stroke? I've not worked since my stroke. So that gives you a lot of free time. Free time. Um, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of Christian books. I've got the Chosen book that I'm reading now. Uh-huh. Um, very good. I've seen the movies. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Yeah. I mean, they just bring the Bible to life. It helped me tremendously to see people on the screen and and, and uh, yes personalities. You know, sometimes you when you open the Bible, you're like, "Gosh, this is so boring." And some of it is boring. The genealogy part yes. is boring. The laws are boring, right? But when you read about how they grumbled and complained, like right now we're reading through the Bible, and some you know with the church and it's in Exodus and Moses, and I'm like. Hello, that's me. I need a helper. I can't go do this by myself. Right. And dealing with these grumbling people, I'd be the same way. Lord, why don't you bring me here to deal with these grumbling people? Yes. We are the same way. We We are. Yeah, we don't read it that way. We don't. And the Bible is not boring. There are parts that are boring. It is is very much alive. Yes. It is. Yes. So okay, so you have free time, so you're taking advantage by reading faith based books. Faith based books. Reading scripture. Reading scripture. Encouraging others through your social media. Social media. And you're staying connected through church because the distance. Right. Through online. Through online. So how how could you encourage our listeners to plug in if they don't have a church or anything like that, you know, to, to be plugged in online? Maybe because of the same circumstances that you're in. Right. Um, I mean, if you can't make it to the church, then you can always watch it online. Yeah. You know, and I encourage that, you know, get in the word, get in, get in a church somewhere. And your small group you were meeting with before your stroke. Are y'all still really close? Yes. Um, my small group has been tremendous in, through, through all of this. Mm. They were they were the ones that carried the paralyzed man. Let me tell you, they were. Yeah. They will come and get me 
into and bring me to church sometimes and they'll take me out to eat and they they are just great they yeah. call me and make sure i'm okay do i need anything and they have been being the body the hands and feet they are the hands and feet that's awesome yes well anything we didn't discuss that you won't feel like listeners need to know I just want people to get from this that it's not about my illnesses. It's not about what I've been through. It's it's about God and His faithfulness. Mm. And whatever you're going through, whatever anybody's going through, whether it's medical or not, He is the same. He, he does not change. Mm. When people say, you know, so-and-so's hit rock bottom, you know, he's the rock at the bottom. Mm. You know? Yeah. That That's that's where he's at. Yeah. He's the rock at the bottom. Firm, down, firm foundation. The firm foundation. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes hitting rock bottom isn't that bad. Yeah. Because that's when you realize he's the rock. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Because it's not about me. Because it's not about me. Friends, I hope you found this to be such an encouragement. If you find yourself going through some difficult circumstances or difficult health issues, I just want to encourage you, as Christy said and talked about, how God is faithful even in those times. How she clings to His Word and she has unbelievable faith that God is going to continue to heal her body and use it for his glory so if you like today's episode like it comment share it you guys know what to do you can find us on instagram or you can shoot us an email to not about me podcast at gmail.com because we would love to hear what god is doing in your life that's all for this week's episode but join us next time right here on the not about me podcast